0: Um, I, I was just excited about the Holy Spirit and what he was doing this morning in our midst through uh, Just his presence through the words of the of the songs uh, Welcoming him in one of the songs. You're welcome here, Holy Spirit and um, You know, I was so excited about that. I, I remember uh, There was a time where there was a preacher that used to come to Christ Church and and to family camp and it never It didn't matter what this preacher preached about every time he left I was always praying in tongues more I was always praying in the Holy Spirit more I just was revived in the Holy Spirit and revived in my heavenly language and and uh, I just thought that was, that was a pretty cool thing and um, he said something he said a couple of things he said you know praying in the Holy Spirit I don't know about you guys but I'll pray in the Holy Spirit I'll pray in my heavenly language my tongues for maybe 15-20 seconds or something and then all of a sudden my mind's distracted and I'm off onto something else you know? and he said you know praying in the Holy Spirit it's kind of like um, because the scripture says in Corinthians that when a man prays in the Holy Spirit he edifies himself so we go oh, I don't want to be so selfish I'm not going to pray in the Holy Spirit and I don't even need that gift that's all for yourself Well, he explained it. He said, you know what the word edify means? It means to build up, cheer up, and lift up. He said, so what it's saying is, if you want to lift up, cheer up, and build up someone else at work, in your house, in the church, in the community, then you better be praying in tongues. Because that's how you lift up, build up, and cheer up so that you can give out. Lift up, build up, and cheer up. I thought that was a pretty cool thing he shared. And then he said, but the problem is is usually we do what Dean does. You know, pray in 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and I'm done. You know, I'm off on this. My mind's off on this. He said, praying in tongues is like, you know, you need that build up, that refreshing. But it's like drinking out of a, a garden hose that's been laying out in the sun On a hot summer day. You're thirsty. You need to get refreshed. And you go grab that hose. You turn it on. And you take a drink. And you go. I ain't drinking that anymore. He says. That's kind of like the way it is. When we start praying in tongues. It's just kind of. yeah, It's kind of hot. He said. But you know what? If you let that garden hose run for a while. Pretty soon. That water is clean. Clear, fresh, cold And you can take a drink out of that On a hot summer day And you are so refreshed So the encouragement is there Is when you pray in tongues Try to focus You know, I sometimes have a, An hour to two hour tr- travel In my business Before I get to someone's house And help them with their stuff And go back So I think, okay I could just spend this time Being silent or listen to the radio Or I could pray in tongues You know? So when you have some time, take some time and let the hose run and see how refreshed you are. Well, that's free. That's not even the message. (laughs) The message is the Holy Spirit and the gospel. That's the title of my message this morning is the Holy Spirit and the gospel. And my central theme is the good news of the finished work of Christ, his total and complete forgiveness of all of our sin for all time and eternity is written in our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. I got to read that again. The good news, because I've got good news for you today, the good news of the finished work of Christ, His total and complete forgiveness of all of our sin for all time and eternity is written in our heart By the power of the Holy Spirit. So my proposition is this. Is that every believer should experience the freedom of a holy life by a new way. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. That new way is the way the Holy Spirit gives us life. Yeah, yeah, Dean, I know all that. I know all that. I'm born again. I, You know, I pray in tongues. And I know all that. You know, and I heard this, done that, been there. Well, do you guys remember what I said when we first started this church and we were in Eric and Lisa's home and this church was beginning and and I said something one night. I said, you know what? I want to reach out. I want to give out to others. I want to give the, the the gospel and... I said, but what I'm being convicted of is, do I really believe the gospel deep down inside of me? How am I going to give it out if I'm living by a whole bunch of rules and regulations? How can I give out the freedom of the gospel? You're free from your sin. It's been. How can I give that out if I don't really, really deeply believe that inside of me? And and you know, when I was 18, um, before I came to the Lord, I was a real thief. I mean, tremendous thief. I stole thousands and thousands of dollars from the company I worked for, and I made that right twenty years later, by the way. But two years after that, I the Holy Spirit came and, and He renewed my life. I was born again, like the Scripture says, when the Holy Spirit blows through, and I was a new creature. And you know, but man, I, I wouldn't pick up a pin off of somebody's, or if I did, I, oh, I had to go put it back because I'm a thief. So I, I don't want it. I don't, so my identity inside of my subconscious is I'm a thief. I better put that back. I don't want to steal anything. I I need, I need I don't need I want to not steal something. What about you? What sin do you subconsciously live by? Like well, this is who I am. That's what I've done. That's what I did in the past. And, you know, that's who I am. So I'm going to make sure I do this so that I don't do that again. How, you know, how are we really living? By an old way? An old covenant? Or by a new and living way? A new covenant? So just a little refresher. Just a little refresher of some of the messages I've brought. Old covenant, old way, the law. Good news. There's a new covenant. There's a new way. Jesus has finished work. How are we living? Kind of as we go through this today and as we share some of these scriptures today, just think about how have I lived this last week? Have I been living like what Dean's heard about that thief thing? You know, and some of the things I think about myself. Okay. So under the old way, who sins? I do, you do. Who pays? Well, in the old way, you do, you pay. Who sins in the new way? I do, you do. We sin. Who pays? God. God pays in the new way. He said, "Hey, I loved the whole. I loved you so much that I gave my own son for you." He paid. He paid the. He paid his son. Okay, under the old way, how is sin paid for? Well, you had to shed an animal's blood so that your sin could be forgiven. How is sin paid for in the new way? Well, Jesus' blood was shed. that pays for the sin. So what was the result here? Your sins were never taken away. You had to come back with the lamb every single year. Your sin never left you. You were never free. We're about freedom this morning. You, We are free, you guys. No, we are free. But how are we living? Are we living like we're not? Are we doing certain things in our Christian life that says, oh, i got to do this so that I... Do? What was the result here? Freedom. Washed away. It says... Your sins are not remembered against you anymore. There's absolutely no record, you guys. There's no record of your sin yesterday. There's no record of any sin you sin today. And there's absolutely no record of the sin you sin tomorrow. When you get to the judgment seat of Christ, they're going to go, sorry, no record, paid for. So how do we really live? Oh, man, I know the scripture says every word and everything. I'm going to be judged for that when I get there. You know, so how are we really living? Are we really thinking and living like in an old way, or are we really thinking and living in a new way? No, no. You know what? You can condemn me all day long, heart. You can condemn me all day long, Satan. You can condemn me all day long. My sin is paid for. It's done. It's a finished work of Christ. I didn't do it. Is there condemnation under the old way? Absolutely. And we're going to read a scripture about that in a few minutes. Is there condemnation under the new way? Absolutely not. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Period. Period. In the original Greek. Period. Right there. Do you need to obey God's commands under the old way? Well, of course you do. How? How? Well, by your own effort to keep the Ten Commandments. You've got to. So, do we need to obey God's commands in the new way? Well, of course you do. Of course we obey the commands in the new way. We love God. We love people. Of course we do. We don't steal. We don't commit adultery. We don't bear false witness. We don't covet. Of course we obey God's Ten Commandments. But how? How? Well, the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the new life of Jesus in you. Jesus said, look, guys, I fulfilled the law and I'm coming to live in you. So all you've got to do is let me live in you. Let me live through you. Let me do what Paul said. He said, you know, I die every day so that the very life of Jesus Christ can be manifested through my mortal body. What do you think he was dying to every day? Who do you think he... He had this in spades. He had the old way in spades, and he tells about that in the Scripture. Man, he had this whole old way down to the T. Man, he had to die to that every single day so that the very life of Jesus could live through him and love God and love people. And all these other things. It's a natural flow of the life of the Holy Spirit, you guys. The, the, the Ten Commandments are a natural way and a natural flow of life. From the empowering inside Holy Spirit through you. He's holy. You want to live a holy life? I got news for you. There's a way to live a holy life. Let the Holy One live through you. All right, let's read some scriptures. Is Dean off his rocker? Well, we'll see. We're going to read uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 3-18. through 18. I'm going to read you a lot of scriptures this morning. I'm not necessarily going to try to explain those or break them down for you. We're just going to go through the scriptures about what I just said to you. We're going to go see when we're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel. How the Holy Spirit and the gospel work together in our lives. So here we go. And you're going to be able to see it up there because it's in the New Living Translation. So you can see what I'm reading up there. So look up there and and, uh, read right along with me. Uh, You don't have to read out loud. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone like the Ten Commandments were, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own under the old way. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. Down here, I didn't read this. How? How do you How do you keep these love God, love people, and everything else? Hebrews 13.20 says, The God of peace equips you to do His will through the shed blood of Jesus. Bingo! That's how we do it. It's the empowering of God. Romans 5.17 We've received an abundance of His grace to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust. by the way and the free gift of His righteousness so that we can reign in life. So that we can reign in life. We can reign in life by our own strength. No, it says, Romans five seventeen through Jesus Christ, through Jesus, who lives in this. So let's go on. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. It's the Spirit. The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death. Condemnation. Through it, though it began with such glory, and the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? the new covenant? How now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, remember I said, does it bring condemnation? Yeah, it sure does. We you see a scripture right there. It brings condemnation. Was glorious. How much more glorious is the new way? Which makes us right with God. In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So, if the old way, which has been replaced, what replaced this? That. All of that. That's the way we should be living. That replaced this. If you're still trying to mix this and this together, you're going to have trouble. I know, personally. (laughs) If that was glorious, this this old way that was replaced, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant, the Ten Commandments, is being read, The same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. The new way. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Jesus. What does that believing mean? I believe in Jesus. Hey, I believed in Jesus when I was stealing thousands of dollars. I believed in Jesus. I was not a new creature. It's not not believing in Him. It's... It's his indwelling life. That kind of believing. That kind of connection. The connection of you and Jesus himself internally living his life through you. Where are we? But the people's minds, okay. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with a veil and they cannot understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And I'll tell you, when it says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, your mind goes, yeah, somebody comes and becomes burned again. I say, absolutely not. I say, well, the scripture says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, whenever you turn daily throughout the day with every circumstance and situation and person you run into, whenever you turn to the Lord, whenever you go, I can't do this, you do it. I can't love my wife. You love her. I can't love my grandkids. You love them. I can't meet with this person in my business. You meet with them. Whenever you turn to the Lord and dependence upon His life that's within you and the power of the Holy Spirit, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We sang about that freedom this morning. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever, Whenever you're depending upon the Holy Spirit, you are living a free life. You're not living under an old way and under your own effort. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see the re- and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. In Acts, Peter was sharing this good news. And he was sharing about, you guys, there's this whole new and living way. And and he was sharing on that, and, he, and all of a sudden they all said, what must we do? What should we do? And Peter said to them, he said this, in quote, Acts 2.38, in quote, Peter replied, each of you must repent by changing your mind of the way your sins are forgiven. And turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. Now, most of the time, we will either read something that is not not a proper translation of the Greek. It actually says that Peter said only that. You must repent and turn to God. So we read, uh, I must repent of my sin. He's going, no, 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 no. No, you must change. Repent means change the way you think. So he was saying, you need to change the way you think about the way you've always lived, Israel. About this whole pattern. You've got to change the way you think about it. From your own effort to be right with God and a righteous, holy person on the earth, right now, today, in your own life, you've got to change the way you think about that and how that happens—it still is how. Yes, it is. There's, but it's the new and living way. It's Jesus who lives in you. It's turning to the Holy Spirit. It's praying in tongues. That's part of this whole, this whole picture. Just depending on Him and His life to live this out through us. He said. So and you know so and then turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me tell you something. This this morning is about the Holy Spirit and the gospel. And I don't want you to sit here this morning going, well, I don't really need to speak in tongues. I got the Holy Spirit. I've heard a lot of that over my lifetime. But let me tell you something, that is basically, basically unbiblical. Okay, there's a reason why. Because of how the first church knew somebody was filled with the Holy Spirit. They said, oh, those guys have been filled with the Holy Spirit. They've got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's living in them. Because we can see them praying in tongues. So we get this thing all kind of mixed up. And I'm sorry if that goes against your grain this morning. You know. But I'm not really. Because I want you to experience what we're sharing about here. And the freedom the Holy Spirit can give you. And the building up and cheering up and edifying He can give you. So if you're not praying in tongues or you don't pray in tongues, please ask Him for it. Just ask Him for it. And keep asking until it is and it's flowing like that hose. Man, clear water and it's building up, cheering up and lifting you up so that you can go out and cheer up and lift up and build up others. Turn with me to Galatians 2. We're going to start at 17. Oops. I want, first of all, I just, yeah, turn there. Good. Good. I just want to compare um, Galatians 2.16. We're going to start reading in 17. But I want to compare Galatians 2.16 with where we were just um, in Corinthians there, with uh, Corinthians 3.9. So, Corinthians 3.9 says this, If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? Galatians 3.16 says... Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. I know you know that. So let's, turn, let's start reading here in Galatians 2, 17. But those we seek to be made, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system. That says, I'm a sinner if I build this system. If I start rebuilding this system in my life. And we can tell by the way we're acting on a day-by-day basis. Are we rebuilding this? Are we mixing these old and new covenants again in our life? You know? Rather, I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned. Me. Have you ever tried to keep? Have you ever tried to keep that? No, seriously, you trying to keep that? You're up. It don't work. I told you I believe in Jesus, and I stole thousands and thousands of dollars because one of the Ten Commandments is "Thou shalt not steal," and I can try that all day long, and I'm going to steal. You can try not to commit adultery all day long, and guess what you're going to do? It's not your effort. You can try not to covet somebody else's brand new car. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to covet it. You are. Because, you can't live this way. You can't live this way. You must live by Jesus, your life, your Holy Spirit in you. I know you don't covet that car. Just live your life out through me. That's all I need. I just need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Jesus. And whenever you turn to the Lord, there is freedom. There's freedom. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements. Please, if you're trying to keep the requirements of the law, please stop. so that I might live for God. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. Are you kidding me? That just kind of goes crosswise in my brain. My old self was has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. That's what I've been telling you about. It's the life of Jesus being manifested through your moral body to love God, love people, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't... All those things. He lives that through us. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I don't treat this grace of God as meaningless. I treat this with honor and respect. He finished the work for me. I am not going to try to do this in my own I'm going to let him do what he wants to do. Live this out through me. He said, I fulfilled the law. I fulfilled it, guys. I've done it. Now I'm living in you. I'll fulfill it through you too. But Christ lives in me. So I live the earth, in this earthly... Blah, 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 blah. I, don't, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ's finished work and a new way of your sin being paid for. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Now if you'll turn with me to Galatians 3.10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under this his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that I are, that I have written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right With God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. His way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says, it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing, for it is written in the Scriptures, "Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree." Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's you and me, folks, with the same blessing He promised to Abraham, so that we would are sorry, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit's promised to us. Please don't go on in your life without Him, or without His help. He's the helper. He's there. Jesus said, "Look, I'm going away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit for you. Don't go on without Him. Don't go on without a heavenly language and speaking in tongues. Don't go on without, without that. Go for it until you got it, and you continually just, Amen, Jesus. Why then was the law given? Well, then why was it given? Why did God say, "Love God, love people, don't bear false witness, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't do this thing, don't covet your neighbor's stuff"? Probably that twice. Why does? Why did he? Why did he give us the law? Why then, verse nineteen? I'm sorry, verse nineteen, Galatians three nineteen. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sin. It's only there to help us to see, right? I can't do it. That's the only reason why it's there, you guys. It's just to show you, you can't. Not so that you can obey it and make sure you're right with God. Because I'm loving people and I'm loving God. And I'm not stealing and I'm not... It's not there so that you can obey it. Sorry. It's there so you could see that you can't. That you don't. That you've got sin. And there's only one way to be free of all of that. And live a holy and righteous and pure life. In thought, in action, in deed, there's only one way. It's a new way. And Jesus said, I got this new way for you. But the law was de- designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. This old way was only designed. And we're still trying to live by it. I know we do. It was only supposed to last until here. We just read a scripture a few minutes ago about that. It said, it's been replaced. This has all been replaced. It still is in our hearts. He said, I got a new covenant for you. You know what I'm going to do with those Ten Commandments? You don't have to obey them anymore. I'm going to put them right inside your heart. You read your Bible. It says, this is my new covenant. I'm going to write them right inside your heart. You guys, it's written in here. To love God and love people and not steal along. Guess what? It's already in you. He's already written it inside of you. You don't have to get up in the morning and go, Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep those commandments. I'm going to do this today. You don't have to do that. It's already written in your heart. He's already got a new way. He's written it inside here. So it's a part of who you are now. It's actually a part of who you are. If you'll just go through your day naturally loving Jesus and depending on him and saying... Jesus, you do this one through me. And Holy Spirit, now do this through me. And do, if you're on a constant dependency upon Him, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fulfill this in spades. You're going to love God with all your heart. You're going to love people like crazy. You're not going to pass by the person on the road. You're just not going to... It's not going to happen. It can't, it can't because it's not who you are. You're a new and living way. You're a new creature. All things... Of, All things have passed away. These are all new things. It's in you. Just live. Just live each day. Watch watch what the Lord does. It's exciting. Wow, Lord, you really loved that person to me. Yeah, I did. Well, then I'm going to give you all the credit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because I did it all through you. By the power of my Holy Spirit. You're right. You did. Thank you. Oh, I'm really loving Jesus today. Thank you. He goes, you're welcome. I did that too. I know you did. Because I can't. With The Scripture is very clear. Without you, I can do nothing. That's not without Him up there. That's without Him inside here. We must turn to the, the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit that is indwelling our lives. He said, I'm going to make my house in you. He has. We are free. There is freedom in this, you guys. There's freedom in this new way of living. It's exciting. It's an exciting life. Try it. You'll like it. I know you are trying. I know we are. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? His promised son that was coming? Is there a conflict between this? Absolutely not, the scripture says here. If the law could give us new life, or if you could live by that each day, We could be made right with God by obeying it. But the Scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. The promise of freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from having to not steal for 20 years so that I wouldn't look like a thief. You don't have to do that, you guys? It don't matter what you did in the past. No matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did this morning. It's already forgotten. There is no record of it in heaven. You're free. You're free to just keep turning to the Lord. Keep turning to the Lord. Keep turning to that new way. Let me just read you this. this is this is not going to go up there because i didn't give it back there this is colossians 2:11 fresh off the press when you came to christ you were circumcised by not but not by a physical procedure christ performed a spiritual circumcision the cutting away of your sinful nature you still think you're walking in a sinful nature uh unbiblical You were, but by Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life, because you trusted in the mighty power of God, who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Isn't it crazy how as Christians we can continue to live like, well, I've got this sinful nature. And I know the scripture talks about the two natures that battle. I'm not talking about that. There's a soul and there's a spirit that are they're, they're at conflict. I understand that. But the sinful nature, He circumcised it. He cut it away from you. You're free. You've got Jesus in you. You can live. You're free to live. You're free. I mean, we sang that song, Freedom. Yeah. I'm sorry. i probably repeated myself a thousand times over this. but, I, But Jesus, help us. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us. You've been hearing me say that when you get to when you get to the pearly gates and everything you know and they roll out the thing against you you're going yeah right Dean there's going to be something on there no there's not I told you there was not and the Bible tells you that too right here right here in verse 14 he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to his cross in this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities he shamed them publicly. By his victory over them on the cross. Amen. Jesus. Woo! Come on! Now that's good news. That is really good news. I know who condemns us every day. That I mean there's principalities and powers in realms around us in darkness that we that are in a never realm, and the Bible says very clearly about this other realm that we don't know what's going on all the time around us. But I'll tell you, that's what's condemning you, not you, not God. And He shamed them publicly by His victory over them at the cross. So you can just say, eh, talk to the hand. You know, you're a real sinner. You know, you've really got a sinful nature. You know, you better be careful you're going to commit adultery again. You better care. be careful you're going to steal again. I'm just, talk to the hand. That is not what God's word says about me. And I'll tell you one thing, you guys. I'm going to base my life and my belief system on this. Not on all the other thoughts. If we base it on this, we are free. We are alive. We can live for God. And he's going to love God through us. He's going to love people through us. We're gonna, He's going to do great things on the earth through us. He says he'll, he'll do miracles through us. We just read that a few minutes ago. You know, He gave us the Holy Spirit. He performs miracles through us because it's Him. It's His life. It's His desire. Jesus is living in you. Don't you think He has the compassion to heal somebody? Look, when they brought everybody to Jesus, it says He healed them all. Do you think He's in you and He doesn't want to do the same thing today? He does. Just let Him. Don't try to pray over somebody to make sure that they're healed. Don't do that. Just say, I can't do this, Jesus. But you can. Right now. You do it, Jesus. Come on, Holy Spirit. You do it. You have a compassion for the healing of this physical body. You have the compassion. You're living in me. This isn't me. We just read, it's no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. This is your life in me now, Jesus. Jesus. You've made me a new creature I haven't had anything at all to do with all of this but you are there and I'm going to acknowledge what your word says so heal him. I'm laying my hand on him. Release your life. Let Release your Holy Spirit through the power of God and your desire to heal this young man and heal him physically, completely. Amen. And then you walk away and you hear about I came home from Africa and they said, you know those three girls that you prayed for that were terminally ill and were going to die soon? and their mothers brought them to you dean do you know what happened after you left they're all they're all healed there's no disease left in their bodies who did that who did that well there's a jesus who has compassion for those three girls and these were young, these were just like 12 13 14 year old girls and they were terminally ill and they were on the process of dying and but Jesus is not willing that anyone would perish. He's not willing that anyone would not go unhealed. He just isn't. It's not him. Read your Bible. It says everyone that was brought to him, says he healed them all, because that's his heart, and that's his heart inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I have not been watching my watch. Two real quick things, and we're done. Little book, Jesus is calling. I am the creator of heaven and earth, Lord of all, that is, in all. Although I am unimaginably vast, I choose to dwell within you, permeating you with my presence. Only in the spirit realm could someone so infinitely great live within someone so very small. You and me. Be awed by the power of the and the glory of my spirit within you. Though the Holy Spirit is infinite, he desires to be your helper. He's always ready to offer assistance. All you need to do is ask. Jesus, now you, Holy Spirit, now you do this one through me. Do this presentation of my business through me. Love Sue through me. Love, love little hairy through me. When the path before you looks easy and straightforward, you may be tempted to go it alone instead of relying on me. This is when you're in greatest danger of stumbling. Ask my spirit to help you as you go each step of the way through each day. Never neglect this glorious source of strength within you. And that's been my plea all morning long. Don't go away and go, ah, I don't need the Holy Spirit I, Please. Okay. One less blessing on you to, and to let you go. So you can watch the hawks go hawks. So I'm just going to declare a Just a real brief and real short little blessing on you. May the God, I'm sorry, let me back up. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In Jesus' name, amen.